As always, it's so good to be with all of you, and I wish and continue to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, fortunately, the Christmas season is just beginning. It's not ending, but it's just beginning, and that's, that's a wonderful thing. So now that the commercial part of it's gone away, maybe we can become more focused on the spiritual aspects of Christmas. Uh, what a wonderful thought that is. Today we're celebrating one of the fantastic feast days. There's many that come in the Christmas holidays. It's called the Feast Day of the Holy Family. And we are so privileged to have the, uh, the statue of the Holy Family over here. It, it always inspires me. They're, they're sort of the model, you might call it, the model family. You want to know how a model family should look and live? Well, boy, there they are over there. And what a joy that is. So given that it is that this feast day, it seems appropriate that we would spend a few moments, like the scripture readings, focusing on the family, focusing on the family. And what we see in the second reading particular, Paul provides us with a treasure chest. I mean, it is a treasure chest. It's just such a blessing an outpouring, a blessing of practical nuggets for maintaining healthy family relationships. Reality is families are in trouble today. Our families are in trouble and things are topsy-turvy, they're upside down. Probably, like I said, if I were, if I were to look at one issue uh, that really would be in trouble today as I sit in the, particularly too, in the Christian community, is the whole notion of life and family. So we need to grow in that area. And boy, does Paul give us some insights on that. First thing he says to us is relate to one another in a Christ-like manner. See, in a family, relationships are everything. Now, one of the challenges we have today is that we're called to be more inner focused on ourselves, more solitary. But that's the beauty of family. Family's all about relationships. And uh, God made it that way. You know, when you think about it, he made it that way. Now, it's true that family uh, relationships are sticky. They're sticky. You know that. You probably had a few challenges over these last few days just talking to people on the phone and stuff like that um, but but they're sticky but it's it's God's way I think as I, as I think about it it's God's way of helping us to mold us into who we truly are because he he lists some of the wonderful things and he using the illustration of clothing yourself that we are to put on if we expect to grow in a relationship within our family. What does he say we need? What are the qualities or the virtues that we need to have a healthy, growing family? Well, he lists some here. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And what does he say? He says, in your relationships with the family, bear with one another, not like a bear, you're going to claw them, you know, not that kind of bear, but a bear, go with them, walk with them, uh, with one another, and forgive one another. 
And here's, here's one of the key tenets of the faith, uh, which really helps us to grow in relationships. Paul says, forgive, why? Why should we forgive? Well, because the Lord forgave you. Wow, that's, that's quite a powerful message, isn't it? See, the more that we understand just how much God loves us, just how much grace he has put into our lives, just how much he has forgiven us, guess what? The more that we grow in our love for each other. It's a beautiful thing. Forgive as God has forgiven you, so you're in the same boat. And so as we need forgiveness, so does everyone in our family need forgiveness, and we have to practice it. We've got to practice it. The second thing he says is perfect these virtues through love. Using the clothing illustration, he says, after you clothe yourself with all these things, bind them together. Bind them together with the belt of love. Now, I've come to appreciate binding and helping to hold things together because now that I've lost 32 pounds, if I didn't have a belt, I'd be in trouble right now, you know. I still got 10 more pounds to go, and then I'm going to get some new clothes. But right now, it's, it's, really, it's really tough. So I understand what it means when we talk about the belt of love. See, love is, see, what is he saying? He's saying love is the foundation. Love is the foundation of compassion, of mercy. Forget everything is bound by love. And he says it is love that perfects gentleness towards your spouse or your siblings. And what a thought that is. And it is love that causes you to be a more patient parent. It is love, as we heard in the first reading, that enables you to respect and honor your parents. Love is just, wow, it's just critical. Throw love out the door and you really have lost it. There's not a whole lot to foundation there. The third thing he says in families, be at peace in your heart. Be at peace in your heart. See, it's really hard. It's extremely difficult to grow a healthy family when you have anger in your heart. And this is a big issue that we're dealing with in our world today. We're so stressed, we're, we're so on edge that we, we have that anger in our hearts. And uh, we have to be mindful of what God is doing in our lives. For example, yesterday I was a little angry uh, and I was, Pam comes up to me and says, well, why are you so angry? I said, well, I'm on edge. I'm on edge, you know, and uh, it's, but it, 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 what it did is it made me stop and think about it. Why am I on edge, and why am I allowing that to spill over into my relationship with my wife? That was, uh, that was a really big learning lesson for me. See, when you misplace anger, when you put it on those you love, it leads to bitterness, and discouragement. It's a downward thing. So what you have to do is refuse to allow anger to take root in your heart. Absolutely refuse. You can't let it take, take root in your heart. I'm studying St. Francis de Sales, and I'll let you know what I find out. He, 
It took him five years, it said, for him to rid himself of anger. So I'm working on that one right now to understand what it is that where, where he came uh, to be able to come to that point. He was one of the most gracious people in the world. Uh, but he says, Paul says, don't let anger take root in your heart, but let the peace of Christ, which is beyond all understanding, rule in your heart. There's how you, there's the key. And you can do that because the Holy Spirit lives within you. And it gives you the grace that you need. And when we are living for Christ, when our relationship with God is warm and it is thriving, the Holy Spirit binds our hearts, does impossible things, and makes them possible in beautiful ways. The fourth thing Paul says is to give thanks. Now, this is the only virtue that he mentions that he says you need to do this twice. You need to do this one twice. Why? Because thanksgiving thanks is associated with gratitude. And gratitude comes from humility. And humility is what you need in a relationship. See, that's how you're able to work together. It's not about me. It's not about what I want all the time. And so no wonder he repeats that because thank, giving thanks is just so important. And remember this, despite all of your own imperfections, God adopted you into his family. Isn't that wonderful? He, he overlooked that. And he respects you now by treating you with patience, kindness, and gentleness. And that's worthy of giving thanks. The fifth thing he says is to feast upon God's holy word. Now, this is a great one. See, God has revealed himself to us through the scriptures. That's how we know, that's how we come to know God in the first place. And as we study the word, we get a very accurate picture of just how wonderful God is. Now, I just read something this week that I thought was very interesting. It was a survey that's done uh, about, and, and the, the result is this. People are reading the scriptures more during times of COVID. Now, why are they doing that? Why would you, you want to get your Bible out and dust it off a little bit during COVID times? Well, it's because it encourages you, doesn't it? It supports you. It, it gives you a sense of hope, and it gives you a sense of understanding. So it's, it's very interesting that in times like these that people will turn to the Scripture, turn to the church, uh, turn to their faith, because, you know, they're not the, they realize they're not the controllers of their destiny anymore, and they've got to depend upon something greater than themselves to get through this, and that's, that's beautiful. Paul says, let God's Word dwell in you richly. There should not be any poverty when it comes to God's word in your life. You're not poverty-ridden there, but you're rich. You're, you're extremely rich. Now, I know that this is a, a very strong term that he uses, but he says that a heart that is filled with God's word is a merry heart. And he says that what you hear coming from it is singing and joy singing and joy. Could anybody do with a little singing and joy? Could you do with a little merry? Well, 
Work on the Word of God. Study it. The final thing he says is give Jesus your whole life. Give it to him. Uh, whatever you do, Paul writes, whether it be an action or word, you do it in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, everything we do, we do in the name of Jesus. We don't do it just for the sake of doing good, which is very important. We do it because we do it for the sake of Jesus, because he loves us and he asks us to do those kinds of things. And it would be very good if we ask ourselves often, would we treat our spouse, would we treat our children, would we treat our parents any differently if Jesus were standing by? Would we? Would we? I wonder about that. You know, today's, uh, they say this is the screaming world. This is when uh, people like to scream at each other. They get so tense and, and wound up. But he's saying, peace, smile with each other. And because Christ is in your life. See, we belong to the Lord. Remember that. This is key. And he is our life. He is number one. He's always near. And we honor our Lord by loving and serving others as only as he would want us to do. So simple. So profound. I'd like to leave you with two thoughts for reflection today. First of all, commit yourself anew to your family. And here's a great thing. Before this day's out, do one act of kindness. It doesn't have to be anything massive, but it's one act of kindness that shows your family just how much you love them. Here's another thing. Maybe you're at a difficult point within your family. You know, I, uh, when I think about that, I always think about the Righteous Brothers. I don't know how righteous they were in the 60s, but uh, they, they, they sang the song, You Lost That Love and Feeling. Have you ever lost that love and feeling in your relationships? You think, and they, they say it's gone. What they say is it's gone and, and it won't come back. But that's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, Jesus' love will draw us back together, those cords of love that he talks about. But what we have to do is we have to work on it. We have to work on it. We have to get that feeling of love back within our hearts. And, and we have to trust Jesus. And we can. Uh, what, if there's one thing that you, you learn about Christmas, it's this. Nothing is impossible with God. Think about that. Nothing is impossible with God. God bless all of you.